Ron and Anian. They may have self-driving flying cars by 2020 in Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas. I haven't found anybody willing to take the ride. I'm working for a living. The Tire Doctor. And go to turn it on, and guess what? There's no sound. And what annoys me, the technician that installed it never turned it on to check before he returned the car to me. Well, yeah, that's the part I don't get. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage door are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, Scan Tool. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. I didn't know Barry White was going to be with us today. I'm Ronnie Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions as we continue the march of no broken cars left in America, which is when the Car Doctor will finally retire. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Tune in iHeart, iTunes, all places to podcast. As always, click on subscribe, please. It helps the cause. You know that. 855-560-9900. That's what we're here to do is take your calls and answer your questions. Keep in mind, that 855-560-9900 is 24-7. We've set it up with a call messaging service. And if you call, leave a message. We're on the air Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. If you call and leave a message at 855-560-9900, Tom Ray, our executive producer, as well as executive engineer, as well as standby, as well as floor sweeper, will uh, give you a phone call during the week and hook you up and get you in here to the Car Doctor Show. We can talk to you live when we're on air. Somebody once asked me, and the question came up again this week, what do I like about auto repair? What, what's my favorite thing? There's got to be something that keeps me doing it all these years. And I think I got a taste of it yesterday again, and I'd forgotten this. I like the oneness. Do you know what oneness is? You know, one with the subject. And I like the oneness, and I like the purpose of it at times. We have a a very, very old customer, regular customer um, for the shop, uh, came in this week, uh, yesterday. It was an oil change. Looked the car over. It was a 2005 Mercury. It was a little bit older. And, you know, she needs the car all the time. There's some medical situations in the family where her having a car is very, very important. And it was supposed to be a routine oil change. And during the course of the routine oil change, I got around to it late morning, uh, you know, became that the air conditioning compressor was about to fail. It it had a leak, and the, the pulley was in bad shape, and if she lost the AC compressor, she's going to lose the belt, and then the car stops. And, you know, one thing I've learned over the years, you can't have the car stop. You can't have the car stop for the little old lady that's driving someone to the doctor in the middle of a medical emergency, like, bad thing. And I found oneness again. And I haven't found oneness for a while, because I got a hold of her. It was about lunchtime at this point when I got around to making the phone call, and I explained the situation. I said, you know, you really need an AC compressor, and I can do it, but I don't know that I'll finish it one day, one shot, you know, sort of unexpected. It was, you know, I've got to do this, and I've got other cars to get done. And, you know, then I realized, you know, the scope of the problem that needed the car for the weekend. And thus the journey began. I ordered parts, AC compressor and a dryer. And it's important to note that Ford, like a lot of the Fords of this era, they 
I don't know, Ford engineers must really like doing things on the ground because they mount the AC compressor down close. It's, it's, it's underneath everything, all right? And th- this is no different. Why would they, you know, it's buried, all right? And it's, it's a good couple of hours work. It's, it's just solid stuff. And then you've got 12 years of, of, of rust and crud and, you know, welcome to New Jersey, you know, salt brine and everything else we can throw on there to corrode some metal to make it difficult to take apart in the mix. And all of a sudden, you've got an afternoon's worth of work. And all the time you're doing this, I'm thinking to myself, like, I got to do this. And, I'm, I'm, you know, and it felt really good. It was the oneness. I was in the groove. I knew what wrenches I was going to reach for, three wrenches before I had the last one in my hand. I knew what the next four steps were going to be, and then the next five steps, and the next six steps. And I was cooking, baby. I really had a good time. You know, the rest of the work in the shop got taken care of. We put some... Actually, what what did we play? I think we played a little Frank Sinatra. We played a little Frank Sinatra on Amazon Music, filled the shop with a little relaxing Frank, and it was, as he made it his way... I did it my way, and it felt really good at five minutes to five to pick up the phone and go, Mary, your car is done. And she said, I knew you would get it done. She said, I wasn't sure how, or I wasn't sure if you would even get it done on time, but I knew you'd stay late to finish it, and I just made it by five o'clock, just in the nick of time. Compressor, dryer, and charged the AC, and it was you know 42 degrees, and um, everything was right where it was supposed to be. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the oneness. And and I think that's important. I, I think it's important for a lot of reasons. Someone once said to me, hey, what do you do for a living? And I said, I don't work. I fix cars. And, you know, I get to do this thing on the weekend we call the radio show. And, you know, it's I've been very fortunate. And I wish that for you if you're listening to me and the sound of my voice today. I hope you find oneness. I think it's important. I think, I think finding something you like doing, I think finding something within that thing you do to make you who you are and what you do during the course of the day is really important. I think it just gives you that, you know, it gives you that it's your id, it's your reason for being here. And I hope I never lose oneness. I hope I never lose that desire to overcome the problem because it's really important to me. I I really enjoy digging down and getting into the root of why something is broken or or just trying to fix it and fix it in a timely manner. Or, you know, I I never thought I liked being that hero, but you know what? You still like being that hero to a degree. Um, You know, there's there's still a huge part of that in me. And I've got to tell you that that's the best part of auto repair. Yeah, making the living, and, and, and there's a lot of good things, but that oneness and helping somebody fix something like that, coming to the rescue in an emergency, maybe that's how I ended up here. I don't know, but that was the best part of my week, and um, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I just wanted to share that thought with you and uh, tell you what's going on, and uh, that was the kind of week we had. I hope you had a one this week, and um, that uh, the cars you were working on or whatever it was you had to overcome this week, and if you didn't, Call me at 855-560-9900, and we can talk about it. By the way, we've been talking about oil changes of late and the extended oil change. And I had a thought about this, and I don't think I don't know if I've hit this before, and I probably have, but I feel like the urge to do it again. I had this conversation with someone else at the counter this week. We were talking about the one-year oil change and you know how they're trying to drag oil changes out for a year. And I can tell, you know, that's that's really where the industry is going. 
And whether it's government intervention or EPA groups, environmental groups, whatever it is, they want less drain oil, waste oil, cars are getting better, and I get all that, and yeah, yada, 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 and you guys can send your oil out to Keystone, Blackstone Labs, whatever the heck it is, and it's great. Here's the problem with extended oil changes, and I think we've had this conversation. I just want to have it one more time. I want to know who's paying me to check tire pressure, because I've decided we're going to have to charge for it. Maybe that's why I want to talk about this. And I think other repair shops are going to have to do that because when the day comes for that car that's got a one-year oil change, someone's going to have to come in in the midterm. Someone's going to have to come in. There's four seasons in a year, at least in most parts of the country. And somebody's going to have to check tire pressure on a regular basis. Somebody's going to have to check fluids on a regular basis. Somebody's going to have to do the due diligence that they do during an oil change at least two, maybe three times a year. And who's going to pay for that? So the value in going to that extended oil drain interval, I don't see it. I still don't see it. I see it as making more work and unnecessary risk. Someone said to me this week, and we're back to that oneness thing. Someone said to me this week, I was bringing their car in, first-time customer. And I said, well, here's how I would do it. And he said to me, Ron, you don't know me from Adam. But trust me, the reason I'm there is because I want you to do it how you would do it and not anybody else. He said, because I know you'll do it right. I don't know. Is that ego or is that just the fact? And that's just the fact because that's what he said. And you know what? I think there's a lot of ways to do it right. I just think some ways are more right than others. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back to kick the garage doors wide open right after this. Stick around. Ron and the car doctor at 855-560-9900. Let's get over the busy phones. Let's go open the garage doors and talk to Walt in Maui, Hawaii. Mr. Walter, welcome back, sir. How have you been? Good. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, Afternoon there. Well, yeah, I understand. Listen, the most important thing whenever we talk to you out there in the beautiful islands, how's the weather today? Oh, it's boring. It's dropped down into the high 70s. And the and and the ocean temperature, you're killing us, Walt. <laughs> well, I won't tell you that. <laughs> uh, warm. Yeah, how warm? Yeah, I don't have a number, but I'm sure it's in the seventies someplace. Oh, <sighs> uh, Walter, I'm going to retire to Hawaii, so we can do radio from anywhere. So. Well, come visit. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll come out on remote. Um, There's no need part about living in Hawaii is you get no no sympathy from anybody. You can tell them your car won't start or your cat ran away or whatever, and they'll say, oh, yeah, but you live in Hawaii. Yeah, but why would the cat run away? Look where it gets to live. Yeah, that's true. So what's going on today? Okay, my, my 95 Corvette, you know, C4 LT1, uh, when you open the left door, the courtesy lights don't come on, but they come on fine from the dash switch or from the right-hand door when it opens. And I, the switch is good. It's got continuity when the door is open and none when it's closed. When I, when I ground one of the wires, the lights comes on, but they stay on as long as they're grounded. When I momentarily ground them, they come on and then stay on for about 30 seconds and go off as they should. And I'm kind of perplexed on where to go from here. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's just a two-wire switch. you got an orange and a white. Orange exactly. Is, orange is hot, and white is the feed back to the uh, the module for the interior lights. 
Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you and you, you're grounding the white one, correct? Oh, actually, it's tan, but yes, you're correct. Okay, because you know, because it's funny. I just worked on one of these two weeks ago, and the one I had was orange and white, and it was a ninety-five. Why are you seeing a tan? Well, That's... I I think maybe it's just the age of the wire. It could have been a white wire. Okay, some other time. okay. Um, because the way that should work is, well, let's do this. What if we take apart the courtesy lamp on the right door, even though the right door is working? Okay. And what if you repeat those same tests on the right door? I wonder, yeah, if, you, I have, I wonder if you would get the same result. And if you do, then I'm going to say what you're looking at is a function of the electronics, because there is a module built into this circuit that controls this. And I wonder if, if, if we're if we're picking up something as a result of the the way the module itself works. So I, I don't want to I, I don't want to get confused. Now I know you're gonna say that even though the switch tests good. How are you testing the switch? Ohm test? Uh well just continuity. And I with I'm embarrassed to say I replaced it with a new switch, even though the old one tested good. I no, it's okay. Don't be, em- don't be embarrassed. You know check. what? Look at look at look at how Edison invented the light bulb. He had more than a few failures, right? Um, I I just kind of figured that um, it, it was so likely that it was a switch that I just went ahead and replaced it. Right. Yeah, because there's there's really nothing here. This is a two wire switch. They go back to a main splice, and then those off of that splice feeds the diode module. Um, for the interior lights, and then that's what that's what triggers all this. Um, you know, I have a factory service manual, and I I looked on I think every page in that stupid two book manual, and I cannot find where that wire goes to the one that I ground it. It it you know I can find it in the door, I can find it everywhere, but I can't. There's a a gap in the wiring diagram that shows where the wire comes from and goes to. Well. Okay, so I guess I'm I guess I'm emailing Walter a wiring diagram is what you're telling me. Um, if you, I'd appreciate yeah, because I know I, I I know I have it. Um, that will go. That will come out. All all the all the courtesy lamp triggers come come off of a um, uh, the white wires. They go to a central splice and then they go back to a module. Because interestingly, you know they're running. I believe this was early CAN bus stuff because they're running the trigger for the courtesy lamps through that module as well on the same line that it's getting input signal for the um, doors themselves. Okay. So let me ask you, let me ask you this, that, that new switch that you got, um, was it an aftermarket something? Was it an OE something? What was it? It it was from General Motors. Okay. 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 And I tested it also, you know, for, with, for continuity. And it's, you know, when it's on, there's continuity. When it's closed, there's not continuity. There's, there's no trick to it. It's pretty simple. All right. So then let's, let's, let's just try those tests that you're doing to the right side door. Okay. Because I don't believe there's any difference in the wiring of that vehicle left to right. And it should all be the same. So I want to see if you do those same exact tests left to right. Do you get the same result? And I'm okay. betting I'm betting you will. All right? And then we'll have to follow up with a wiring diagram and see what information that gives us. 
Tell me this, Ron. Uh, the yeah, like I say, it's when you when you ground it momentarily, uh, the light comes on and it goes off in thirty seconds. Right. Uh, if you leave it grounded, you know the light will not go back off. Where does the timer come in? The module. It's picking it out of the module. And, and that mo- is that a. Can I look that module up by number? Is that a, a certain, or are you talking about, the, is it part of the CPU or something? No, I believe that is a separate module itself for the interior lights. Where exactly, okay. it, where exactly it is in the car, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it, I know it does exist. Well, it would be someplace very hard to get to. Of course. Just what I would what I would probably do is lie on your back under the da- under the driver's side of the dash, and when the door jam hurts your back to the point that you want to scream, you're probably in the right position under the dash to try and get to it. But you know, because it's it's never in an easy I know spot. Where that spot is, yes. Yeah, it's it's never in an and easy I've also spot. Change the wires and the plugs on the same car, so I know I feel your pain about changing the plugs oh, yeah. and wires on it's, the it's, one. It's a bloodletting. It really is. <laughs> In fact, I gave up on one of them. I hate to admit that, too, but I, I ended up not changing the wire because I couldn't get it loose from the distributor. <laughs> yeah, it, um, I'll tell you what, General Motors, and I won't say they're, they're, they're the best at it, but they're definitely in the top three manufacturers for making things difficult to gain access to. One of the things I've learned about GM over the years is, and hopefully they're getting better in time, and I think they are, I'm not 100% convinced, they are the leader in layered auto repair. Take three things apart to get to one. And, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's minimum. Yeah, and that's, you know, doing an intake manifold on a GM anything. You know, I was thinking about this two weeks ago. I had to do an intake on a 3.8 early 90s GM, you know, with the uh, aluminum motor. And I was thinking, my God, where did this company come from? What happened to my small block Chevy? Uh, you know, 16 bolts, out it comes, or 12 bolts, out it comes, and away we go. And I don't know. Walter, send me your email. Send me a reminder. Ron at cardoctorshow.com. I'll get a wiring diagram out to you. Good talking to you once again, sir. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor here. 855-560-9900. Let's get over and talk to, is that Yosef? In Wichita, Kansas, and see what's going on here. Welcome to the car, Dr. Yosef. How can I help? Hey, Ron. How's it going? Good, sir. What's cooking? Well, uh, I was just going to puzzle your brain for a minute. All right. Uh, What do you think is uh, accurate? A digital gauge cluster, more accurate. A digital cluster or an analog cluster? What kind of vehicle? Uh. Just any type of vehicle. I don't think it matters. I mean, give me a for instance. you got to have a car in mind. For, in, for instance, a 1989 Oldsmobile. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think if you want true accuracy, if you want dead-on accuracy, you're going you're gonna to install a mechanical gauge in a car. Uh, you know, an electric, you don't ta- like an electric tack versus a mechanical tack. I, you know, if if you want true accuracy, if it's a performance application, chances are that mechanical tack is going to outperform that that electric tack. To what level and what degree and what's the necessity of it depends on the situation. You know, believe it or not, the hot rod's got an electric tack and it. it's got an autometer 
electric tack in it. It's got a it's got a shift light and it's got a uh, it's got a rev limiter in it. So if by chance the old man misses a gear and revs it past eight grand, it'll shut down. Um, you know, it's 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 good enough for what I'm doing on the street. I, you know, if you're asking me in terms of an 89 Oldsmobile for an oil pressure gauge or a, or a water temperature gauge or something like that, I don't think it's going to matter. I really don't. Uh, you know, I think if you want if you want dead on accuracy, put a mechanical gauge in the car. So I, I think the difference of choice between analog or digital would really come back to it's more of a look thing. And you know, what do you yeah. what do you what are you looking? What's your appeal? And you know, I've got to tell you. I see some of these digital clusters. I'll talk specifically. Uh, I see a lot of 55 Chevys. I see a lot of cars from the 50s and the 60s with these digital clusters in them. I Just my opinion, I think it takes away the romance of the car. I, I just don't think it looks good. I think you're trying to take an old car and make it look modern. You might as well have a modern version of that car if they make it. Uh, you know, it, but here's it, the thing. If it came with the factory, you know... We've seen a lot of these older vehicles, like the Chrysler LeBaron, for an example, or whatever. They came out with a digital cluster from the factory. Is that correct? Right. Yes. And that's that's fine. I'm talking about I see a lot of guys take 65 Mustangs and put digital clusters in them. Uh, It's just, just not my thing. I just, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about accuracy at that level. To me, it's a look, uh, you know. But then again, right. you know, not to, not to get the subject off on a tangent, but then again, that's like putting bucket seats in a console from a 70 Challenger into a 65 Mustang. I just don't get it. You're just changing the whole look of the interior. You know, these guys take 55 Chevys and they put consoles in the middle with – DVD players and everything else, and they make it look like a rocket ship. Dude, it's a 55 Chevy. It's supposed to be mechanical. Leave it alone. You know, so, uh, but just in reference to digital or, or, or analog, I think it's, an, it's a personal opinion. I think they're both equally as accurate, or they're only as accurate as the senders and the wiring they're connected to. And if you're a performance application and you're looking for something dead on, you're going to put a mechanical gauge in the vehicle. Can I make some comments about the uh, rocket car you were talking about? Absolutely, uh, the flying car. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think we're ready at all. I agree. Because we can, we can barely even maintain automobiles today. I mean, I was walking home from work this morning, and this Oldsmobile just drives by and it's smoking real bad from the exhaust, and you wonder. Is this person ever going to know what's going on with their engine at all? Well, and yeah. People and, just drive and drive and drive and drive their vehicles into the ground to uh, the point where they're going to get broken. Right. And the difference is there they're on the ground when they're, you know, 3,000 feet in the air. I'm assuming there's going to be a ceiling height for the limit of how high a Google car can go. You know, like my father once told me, you can't pull over and park on a cloud while you want to tune the carburetor. You better be sure you're right before the plane takes off. And you know, there's no right. getting there's no getting away from that. I had an I had an email this week from someone that said, and they were commenting on the flying car scenario and the Uber flying car and the Google flying car and what have you. And they said, so does that mean in order to get a flying car, you're gonna have to get a pilot's license? <laughs> you know, I don't know. 
I'll tell you this. The, the the technology is there. I think they could do it tomorrow if they wanted to. The problem is it is an impact on society, and it will change society in ways that we are clearly not ready for. In 2018, Chrysler is going across the board to cloud-based scan tool. So in order to scan a 2018 model year Chrysler, and I think the rest of the car companies are going to follow suit, but the story, the report I read says that Chrysler will go to a cloud-based scan tool, meaning I will plug into the OBD2 connector under the dashboard, and the scan tool will have half of the security code. The other half of the security code will come to the scan tool via the cloud. The reason Chrysler is doing this is because they are trying to make the systems not hackable. If you want to see something really scary, go out to YouTube and just search, uh, you know, Jeep hack, Jeep hack, J-E-E-P hack, H-A-C-K. And look at this video of these two guys. This is the story from a, a year or so back. They took control of this late model Jeep while the person was driving it. Windows up, windows down, took control of the steering, took control of the brake, took control of the acceleration. And the problem but is... You've seen the... Go ahead. You've seen the show Bay Car, right? Where yeah. they shut down like the... Like, it, they want to try and... Uh, somebody wants to try and steal the vehicle, but they get so far and then they shut the vehicle down. Right. Have you seen that show? Yeah, and they're, and they're, and and this is sort of the things they're working on. However... Because there are jerks in the world and people that don't, you know, it's because of terrorism, they're worried that cars are susceptible to terroristic attack. And what their concern becomes is that, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but just imagine imagine 10,000 cars being hacked in a region of the country, all being told to right. stop, start, accelerate, 10,000 cars out of control. That's 10,000. Think about how many cars are on the roads in this country every day. For that, what's to say that we won't have the terrorist attacks still with the automobiles that we have today? Right. And with that note, now imagine it's a flying car. You know, in the Jetsons, everybody was nice and happy, right? <laughs> Except for Mr. Spacely. Yeah. Mr. Spacely was always mad at George because he was always late to work or something. All right. They didn't have the problems we had today. And until society gets its act together and realizes we're all one on the planet trying to go somewhere and get there the best way we can, we got to start working together, man. And and that's the deal. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. If you want to if you want to get to the stars, you got to figure out what's going on on this planet and straighten this planet out first. And that's why it'll be a while before we have flying cars. I was going to say we're not even close to remote like Star Trek at all. No, no. I mean, yeah, most of our technology came from Star Trek. I won't deny that. But we are we are not even ready at nope. all. No, nope. it's if it's. You understand? Well, you know what? And and, and yeah, and I'll I'll tell you this story real quick, Joseph, and then I'm going to go. I think it's because we do it to ourselves, and we all have to learn how to be prepared, and we all have to learn how to take care of each other, and we're not doing that. I know this isn't about cars. Well, this is sort of about cars. Yesterday, all right, I was at the deli. My day started with three state troopers came in from out of town, and they had breakfast. 
And as I always do, I always take care of the boys in blue. I took care of breakfast for them without them knowing about it. And just it's just because, you know what, let these guys that go out there and protect us from the bad guys know that somebody cares about them, as so many people do. The end of my day was the woman in the parking lot at the stop and shop. I came out from getting groceries, and her hood was up. I knew what that meant. I had my go bag. Everybody needs to get a go bag. I think this is going to become a car doctor mandate. I have a go bag, all right? You want to see my go bag? Among other things, I have a small jumper pack. I put my groceries away. I took my go bag out. I took the jumper pack out, walked up to her car, knocked on the window. She was in tears on the phone trying to get help. I looked at her, and I said, jump start. And she just looked at me like, really? Jumped the car, started it up. Can I give you any money? No, ma'am. That's quite all right. She said, my God, you're like the Lone Ranger. That's right. I got to get some silver wrenches and I can hand them out like bullets and say, you've been car doctored. But you know what? That just made her feel better. And that's what we've got to do to each other. If you want to get the flying cars, it starts with the process of society and it starts with how we care about each other. And that's what's so damn important. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superon. It's Superon in a flying car. Yosef, I got to go. I'm running past the clock. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. 855-560-9900. I'm flying back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the the car, doctor, as we roll along at 855-560-9900. Mr. Ray, you have a comment, sir. Well, yeah, I'm a little confused. See, I was on the phone with a with a caller before. Did you say you're the Lone Ranger or the Lone Arranger, like the guy on the corner of the street where I can go, you know, get a In the South Bronx, I'm a Lone Arranger, okay? But here, I'm the Lone Ranger. Got right? it. Okay, I just want to make um, sure. But when I go to the South Bronx, I take Vinny with the bat, all right? <laughs> because, you know, it's South Bronx is a tough neighborhood. Um, but that's a whole other story. Tough. It's You know, I'll tell you, a quick story about fixing cars. You, you hear things really, really crazy. But uh, more than a few of the dealer guys I know in that area of the, of the country and the state, they tell me stories about the guys fixing cars on the street, full-time auto repair shops, on the street of the inner city, day and night, all kinds of weather, and the way they take the cars apart is absolutely frightening. It's, um, you know, I hear some really amazing things, and you know what the sad part is? There's some real talent out there, short of they just need a building to put their business in, and uh, it's a shame that it's so difficult to afford it, so God bless them. Let's get over and talk to us at Laszlo in Brick, New Jersey, 94 Chevy S10. Laszlo, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi, how's it going? Good, sir. I'm glad to talk to you. Um, what would you recommend would be the best synthetic oil for my manual transmission, five-speed, and for my differential? I think picking out driveline fluids, Laszlo, is is just as, I won't say difficult, but as important as picking out engine oil. All right? And I've always said that when you're picking, if you're looking for the best and you're you're considering you know, what's good out there, I always look at the engineering behind the company, and I always look at the company itself. And I like Pennzoil. It's it's what we use in the hot rod. It's what we use in performance applications around the shop. They okay. do, they beyond engine oil. They do make a full line of driveline fluid. They make a manual trans fluid. They make a differential fluid. And I'm not going to say that they have it for every application, but they are my first stop. They are my go-to guys on where I will look to see do they have it. Um, Is the manual transmission different from the differential? Yes. In, in in some cases, yes. In some cases, some manufacturers like GM, for example, will specifically call for a manual transmission fluid. 
All right. Gotcha. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know that Pennzoil makes a specific manual transfluid for that vehicle. If they do, I wouldn't have any problem using it because I can trust their engineering. I can trust their research because that's that's really what we're buying here. We're, we're you know everybody thinks that we're buying oil. It comes out of a you know the oil from this company comes out of this hole in the ground. The oil from that company comes out of right. this hole in the ground. You know what? They all come out of the same hole. It's the additives and the research and the engineering behind it, and that's what I think makes Pennzoil so so. so you personally recommend Pennzoil? Yes, sir. For yeah. this application, first first stop. That's where I'd be looking. Absolutely. And synthetic, would I change it, like, how many miles, roughly? Well, in a differential? Yes. In a a, a differential application? Are you towing with it? Is it just everyday use? Is it highway? No, just everyday use. Just everyday use, highway city. Listen, I still like to change gear oil every thirty to 40,000 miles on a conventional vehicle like that. All right? I'm not looking for... transmission? Transmission, um, probably the same thing. Okay, that's cool. All right. All right, I appreciate your help, and I'll get in contact with them. You're very welcome, sir. Good luck to you. 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the name of the car, Doctor. I wonder, again, another quick hour, and thank you for partaking and listening and being there for us. I wonder about flying cars and last call. Last call. I like that. Last call. We're going to start. This is going to be the last call segment here on the car, Doctor, right? Till the next hour. So when they start flying cars, are we going to have to start wearing hard hats? All right. Because, you know, you, you think about think about all the exhaust systems you see on the side of the highways and the tires that are flat and the discarded car parts and the parts that have fallen off of cars and trucks as they're traveling around the country. So what's going to happen with flying cars? Are there going to be debris zones? Like, you know, they, they, they have to fly certain paths, to, and that's going to become, the, the, the you know, where the scrap goes. It's, you know, what are we going to have? You know, um, instead of keeping the highway clean, keeping the scrap zone clean, company sponsors type of things, uh, you know, we're going to have to start wearing hard hats. We're going to have to design our, you know, we're going to have to have fashionable hard hats, car doctor hard hats. I'll tell you what. When they have the first flying car, we're going to have to start giving away hard hats. That'll be like a, a prize for getting in, and we'll talk about it. You know, we'll have to design something that's durable, made well, made here in the USA, okay, that lasts, that's simple, no computer involvement, nuts and bolts, because I I, I still don't see it. Um, I, I still think we are – I don't know that our technology is that far away, but I think mentally – as a people, we're pretty far away from flying cars because uh, I just see the dark side being able to take over and do too much with them in the wrong way and, and what they can do. So um, just something to be aware of, um, just just to make that point. Hey, listen, if you need more information about this radio show, it's cardoctorshow.com. Uh, if you're looking for the phone number, you know, we're going to disappear now for a couple of minutes. There's news at the top of the hour coming up on most of these affiliates, but we'll be back after that for another hour of Car Doctrine. But if you happen to only get one hour, or if you're podcasting and you want more information, get out to cardoctorshow.com. Please keep in mind podcasting at TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes. Click subscribe, and uh, we'll be glad to be here to talk to you about your car problem and all that it is. Until the next time, I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. Everyone!